Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at ivypod.com. We are Ivy Pod on Facebook, Ivy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and mail at ivypod is our email. Let's begin episode 83 of the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 83. Boars and Bernstein reference there. Um, got to, uh, quick, uh, quick apology. You know, I'm going forward today without Clayton. Clayton, I hope everything is okay. No, he's fine. Uh, he had a conflict today. So, but we're marching forward because I'm trying to get out content hopefully every two weeks, kind of like we did way back in the day. So that said, we are recording uh, no co-host today, but I say we because I am joined by a special guest, um, the best darn disc golfer to come out of Ottawa, Illinois, Dana Vichy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, glad to be back. It's It's been a minute since yeah. I talked to you guys, uh, or I talked to you. Yeah, uh, well, I have it here somewhere. April 2013 was the last time we talked, so I think some things have changed since then. April 2013, simpler times, I believe. Sounds like simpler times. Oh, yeah, I know. I was uh, minus two kids, for sure, and uh, you, you were minus all kids, right? Yeah, minus all kids, no wife. Had the fiance, girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. whatever, but we didn't get married till twenty. Actually, we got married in 2013. We got married that year, so a lot has changed. I do have two kids, two and four, and uh, whew. Is, it, is it almost 2020? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it is. Uh, I'm really disappointed. You know, when we were, what was it, around the year 2000, or even... You know, we thought we were going to have all sorts of things by now. I'm a big space buff, so by this point, we were supposed to have Mars colonies and all sorts of things. Didn't quite pan out, but oh well. We didn't, we're supposed to have hoverboards too, according to Back to the Future. <laughs> so oh well, but uh, I wanted to ask you. Actually, before we started, I had to get this off my chest because the last time we talked, 2013, I was pretty clueless with disc golf or frisbee golf, frolf, whatever. I don't know people like to call it different things, but disc golf i think is the appropriate term right yeah you're gonna hear most people say disc golf if if you don't play disc golf that's when you hear a lot of frothing or frisbee golfing yeah me personally as long as you're talking about it or playing i don't i don't really care what you call it yes and call it falf if if you want (laughs) cool well the last time we talked i was clueless flat out clueless i mean clayton co-host clayton was trying to get me to play for a while and he had told me about you know your guys's experience back at isu back in the day and in good form i always try to prepare for the show so i try to do research and stuff but i actually went back and listened to some of that show and it's like i'm I was clueless what i was talking about but i gave it a good shot and um but no but now things have changed because now it's become more popular They're, the courses are popping up all over and me personally back in April, and I only remember that date because we moved to a, a new house close to Baker Lake in Peru, and we took the kids to the park and discovered there was a disc golf course there, and so I decided you know, to take my boy, my older boys there 
and instantly I just became obsessed. I, I've been, ever since April, I've been there nonstop because it's just, I've just been obsessed with it, having a great time. And I've gone from being clueless to now watching YouTube videos and all, and reading a lot of stuff. And I've gone from being clueless to like a genuine fan of yours. So I was a little nervous, I gotta say, just getting it out there you become, you know, didn't know how this was going to go if I was going to nerd out on you, but uh, <laughs> so, but so thank you. Thank you for coming back. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And you, you mentioned, uh, you, you're watching, you've dove into disc golf on YouTube. What are, can you tell me what are a couple of your favorite YouTube, uh, channels for disc golf? I think the, the one that it seems is, uh, the, is a Jomez pro. Is that yeah, the main Jomez one? Pro. Is that, is that the main one or is yeah, that, there's, there's other ones? That's the one that always pops up because like, we cut the cord when we moved to the new house. So my new things viewing wise is Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. That's become my staple for viewing. So when I go to YouTube, whatever pops up, and they have their own channel, it always pops up. So that's usually what I watch. Yeah, they're they're the cream of the crop. There's, a, there's a lot of other great people doing video, but Jomez is head and, head and shoulders. Uh, above most others but there are some really uh, some other really good ones central coast disc golf disc golf guy spin tv just to name a few but jomez they uh they do great work they're funny too i gotta i gotta ask big are you a big germ fan or uh nate sexton those are the their normal commentators oh i big, big sexy as they go by i i wouldn't say i have one as a favorite over the other i in general just because you know a lot of sports you watch and commentating is okay i mean there's usually always a color guy you know back in the day with the cubs there was it was so good with harry carey and steve stone Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like there's a lot of that anymore so those guys they just seem like they capture the essence and they're having a really good time doing it uh because i'm cracking up watching it they have a lot of nice things to say about you uh i know the there was the one the 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 ledge stone was that in peoria is that uh yeah yeah the ledge stone uh, insurance open is a Illinois' biggest annual event, and it's in the the greater Peoria area. Okay, yeah, because they were like they had a lot. They, they were very kind things to say about us. It was nice of them. I, it was kind of a tough day for me. Was I, it? Yeah, didn't have didn't have my A game. But well, you had some tough competition. You were well, you were in the same group as as the guy who won the whole thing, right? Weren't you in the? Uh, weren't you grouped yeah, up my, with my Paul? first car, Paul Paul Macbeth, who is uh, the, the best disc golfer in the world has been on and off for the last eight years or so. Nah, not so necessarily eight years, but last five, six, seven years, Paul's been uh, the guy to beat. And I was playing with him, Garrett Gerthy, and Simon Lazat, and all those guys. Simon and Garrett are two of the farthest throwers in disc golf. They, they both just throw incredibly far, and so does Paul McBeth. So it was, uh, I was, I could throw far, but not, those guys are elite level distance. Yeah. Um, when we're talking elite distance, they can easily throw 500 feet pretty accurately. And if wow. they're throwing like distance shots, those guys are throwing 600, 700 feet. <laughs> oh my God. Which is, that's, that, crazy. that's not internet distance. That's, no. that's real, real life. And it's, it's incredible to, to watch and then also to play with and, and see it uh, firsthand versus, you know, watching on YouTube or something. It is, it is uh, if you do get a chance to come over to the Ledgestone, which is every summer, uh, watch these pros throw a disc. It's, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then not just the distance, but some of those tree runs where you've got to navigate the trees and make it wind through the trees. I, I just don't know how you guys do it. It's amazing. 
Yep. That's, that's part of it, though. You've yeah. got the, you know, you, you know what it's like to throw that good shot and, you know, want to do it again. And that's so uh, I've learned that the discs that I bought have some sort of tree magnet. Mm. So that's because I, I work in Streeter and uh, Marilla Park is very nearby. So once I started playing and it's crazy because I've been working in Streeter for, you know, roughly three years. And just until recently, this past summer, I never ever ventured over there to even look, but then I started playing at Baker Lake. I'm like, I'm gonna go check that out. I had, I remember, I think you had mentioned it, you know, way back when when we had talked, and I'm like, I'm gonna check that out. And so now I go over there at lunch breaks a lot, and it's fun. You know, it's it's tough that back nine, especially or that someone wrote on the 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 sign for that long hole. What hole is it? Fi- 15? Hole 15. 15. I think they call it like Great Dream Crusher or something like that. So that sounds about right. It's uh, that is an insane hole, and I think. I went there, and sometimes I just don't even play it because I think I've lost three discs on that on that hole alone. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, the second portion of that hole plays parallel to uh, the creek and or river, whatever it is. Right. It's it's right there. I've I've thrown my fair share in, but that's got to be one of my favorite holes that I've uh, had the pleasure of designing. Right, right. I was going to ask you about that. So I mean, how did? How did you do that? Like you just walk out there, just kind of walk around and just try to picture where where a hole would be, or do you just start throwing the disc around and 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 see what makes sense? Is there kind of a method to the madness? Yeah, generally um, I'm leaving the discs at home at least in the first part of the design process. So depending on what the park looks like and what kind of course the we'll say in this case park district uh, or city wants go out and try to design that type of course so keeping that in mind we wanted kind of something that was relatively beginner friendly which is why you see the front nine being uh, a lot shorter and then we stretch it out on the back nine to be able to serve a wider population of players so like the beginner players if they're scared of the back nine they can just play the front nine and then play the longer back but anyways what I'm doing when I go out there to design a course is I look for interesting features and uh, things that I want to highlight and then see if then ultimately kind of uh, put the puzzle together actually make the puzzle and then put yeah. it together it's uh, it is a bit of a process and that that particular course design was done with Dan Nagel okay. um, who's a LaSalle Peru uh, guy but Dan and I worked on that and that was a tricky design that front nine the land was just a little we didn't quite have enough space so we kind of squeezed in a little bit there but as i said we stretched it on the back and when i came up to to that corner and and saw that downhill look that with the fairway already there shooting towards the water i knew that we were going to put a hole there and then walk down and see that it dog legs and it's plays along the the creek and i said all right this is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a hole that people are, are going to come and, and talk about. They're going to love. They're right. going to hate. They're going <laughs> to want to play it again. They're going to not want to play it again. Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, we accomplished it with uh, with, with hole 15 I, I there. I think you did. Yes, you did. I'm, uh, I, that, as a beginner, I appreciate the front nine very much. So, yeah, I like that. Uh, in fact, I think it's hole four. has a nice. It's kind of got a nice clearing, uh, not a lot of trees. So I go there and just kind of practice. It's a nice just back and forth area to practice. I really like it. It's a fun course. So nice. uh, glad you enjoy it. It's, man, that's a gem. That's a gem of a park. It is. Not just the disc golf, but 
the park itself there's a is lot of beautiful. people there yeah because when i go at lunch there's just a lot of people hanging out there just just in their cars taking a nap sometimes see a lot of people down there so yeah it is a really nice park i wanted to ask you about disc mania because last time we talked is that so that's something kind of new isn't it that you're is it a sponsorship or well there's a, a couple things going on so it started out as a, a sponsorship okay so when i last talked to you guys in 2013 i was uh, playing for vibram disc golf okay not sure what year it was but i, I moved on from vibram and then found myself eventually with disc mania and from there i've been a sponsored player and I actually now work for Discmania full time. Oh, okay, cool. So it's uh, I'm I'm still a sponsored player, even though I'm not playing a whole lot, and uh, I probably shouldn't be on the sponsored team anymore, just because I'm more homebound and, and playing locally. But yeah, I work uh, work for Discmania and, and Disc Golf Park, which is our disc golf course solution. Um, okay. So it's all under the same uh, same umbrella. So I work full time in disc golf now. Where's disc Discmania's home base at? Our U.S. base is Fort Collins, Colorado, just north of Fort Collins, actually in a town called Wellington. We just moved there this year from Rancho, uh, California, and our home home is in Finland, actually. Whoa. Yeah. So we've got some offices throughout the world, so we are a worldwide uh, disc golf company. So have you been able to go actually play over there and on the in or have you been able to go to Finland or travel over there to see that office? Not yet. Uh, but I someday. hope to someday because Finland disc golf is huge in Finland. Is and it? Discmania and Disc Golf Park have been a, a real driving force for it. But there's just an incredible amount of courses and players and the the way they treat the sport over there is a little bit different than here in the States. It's a I'd say it's a little bit more serious in, in an actual sport versus gotcha. kind of, uh, you know, here in the States, we're a little bit, we still have that Frisbee culture. Right. That's kind of tied to disc golf. Yeah, you know, I had that on here because I, I, I kind of experienced this a little bit when I had talked to people about playing. And there seems to be a stigma uh, where it's like uh, only stoners go play uh, Frisbee golf and stuff like that. I'm like, have you... You should watch uh, some of these matches and look at the guys who are playing. I think you'd be surprised. These these are professionals, and I don't know. It just it seems like a silly thing. Some people just hang on to that. If you throw a frisbee, uh, you must be uh, smoking on the side, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it kind of dates back to just the the whole counterculture, fr- you know, hippies and frisbees, and it, it kind of carried over. Of course, there are you know you go to the local course and you'll you might see some people partaking in oh sure a yeah. beer or smoking if they want but like you, you said say, it you, go play ball golf you see yeah. the same thing you so. see it you'll see it anywhere so right. I think it's kind of a unfair thing but there are you know there's all kinds of people in disc golf and and that's a that's one of the reasons why I love it yeah for sure cool all right well I. Uh, a lot has changed so since the last time we talked. There was, I think, Marilla was there. Uh, I know the IBCC course was there. I'm not so sure there were many other courses at the time. Maybe there was a few I just wasn't aware of that we talked about. But now, looking at the map, uh, there's like a like the course. I think it's DG Course Review or something like that online where they they give uh, they'll have the play card you, mm-hmm. and, and distances for the different yeah. courses. I think 
from where we are now, there's, there could be 10 to 12 different courses within not that far. And not only that, but you can actually buy the discs places, uh, which is nice to see. I know I wasn't sure where to get them last time we talked, but now I know Dunham in Peru has them. Mm-hmm. Um, in Streeter, the Walmart Streeter has them. I'm sure there's a lot of other places too that have them, but it's just nice to see that it's, it's grown so much. Yeah, it's definitely more accessible, especially here in like LaSalle County. It, it, it hasn't been huge where you head up towards Joliet and there's 20 courses in the greater Joliet area. Yeah. And then you head towards Bloomington Normal and there's a ton of courses, Peoria. There's all these hotbeds and LaSalle County is, is a little bit behind the times, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got a, a great player base, an active player base and some movers and shakers and I'm hoping uh, hoping to see some more courses here in the in the near future, maybe even over uh, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, LaSalle talking about possibly getting one. So, um, but you said that we, before we started recording, you mentioned that's dependent on a grant. Yeah, so that's at Rotary Park, and Dan Nagel actually had tried to work with Rotary to get a course there. Boy, this had to be five, six, seven years ago. But it's back on the table, but it's all dependent on this OSLAD grant, which is open space land and development or land area development. But whatever the case is, it's a grant, and they're, they're hoping to get the grant. And as part of that, they would have to put disc golf in in order to get the grant money. Oh, So cool. actually a lot of courses here in um, Illinois are, come from that OSLAD grant. Right now I'm working with Normal Park and Rec, Bloomington Normal. We're redoing the course at Maxwell Park, and, and we got that in under the, the OSLAD grant. Cool. So that one should be opening up next year. We're, it's an existing course at Maxwell Park. Uh, you've, you may have seen the baskets if you've driv- driven on 55. You can actually see the course uh, right there. But redesigning it, extending the course, making it a little bit tougher, but also adding in a recreational course. Cool. So something for beginners families kids and then there's an then there's going to be the big course so there'll be two courses on site and uh kind of what i talked about with marilla the the front nine being shorter and then the back nine being longer now we just kind of separated that and uh that's that's a concept that i've been pushing quite a bit with course designs is if the space allows uh to do a anywhere from a four to nine hole beginner course on the same site just for my limited experience and you know i i watch when i watch the players on you know like the the youtube channels and i see the distances that are on some of these holes and i think wow some of these these holes look beautiful but then i see the distance like they'll show that aerial uh, camera view like Mm -hmm. kind of fly through and i'm like i would it would take me forever just to reach the pin i mean uh, these holes they, they seem so huge so I was kind of, I'd be nervous as a beginner to even step foot on one of those places. So I like that. I think that's a great idea to have something for both skill levels. That that's nice. Yeah, that's kind of that's one of the things I'm pushing. Of course, I'd love to design big, bad, mean courses that <laughs> tour players would get chewed up on. But most of the time, that you know, that's not what that's not what like Peru, for instance. That's not what the kind of course they need. They you know that needs to be more of a. Uh, or LaSalle, excuse me, like more of an entry-level style or sure. something like Baker Lake where it, it's it's fun for experienced disc golfers but also new disc golfers can go out and enjoy themselves. It's not always easy to do that, but 
it's uh in this area like i said with disc golf not being as big mm-hmm. you've got to have these courses that are that are inviting versus like a say a, a big course that you're going to see on on youtube right well the, the trouble i have at baker lake is the being so wide open mm-hmm. seems like the wind it really screws with me <laughs> yeah. I, it's like i go out there and there's no wind and i feel like i'm doing good and i went this past like sunday i went and played for a while and it was a pretty windy day and it was a rough day for me but it was very rough the up disc golf uh it, it can be easy but then you throw that wind in there and then it's a whole different ball game well i wanted to ask i wanted to say something about that because i remember i remember when we talked the first time you had said you know you felt disc golf is easier than ball golf but i almost kind of liken it to my opinion like skiing and snowboarding to me uh skiing is a little bit more approachable uh, but it's harder to get good at whereas snowboarder snowboarding is a little it's harder at first but then once you get it you kind of you kind of got it whereas to me that's i feel like disc golf it's inviting and very approachable as a beginner and you can jump right in but then to get good it seems like it's very challenging at least in my limited experience yeah. no that's that's accurate it's easy to play but hard to master yeah and that's you know again one of the great things about it cool yeah it's uh i've i was a victim of and this is something i wanted to talk about because i i figured you know these the courses are popping up mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people who are seeing them pop up who are interested in disc golf so I was hoping we can, you know, spend a little time kind of taking things back. And I think we talked about it on the last show, but I'd like to kind of do it again where we kind of give some pointers to, to newbies um, just to kind of get people started on where to, where to get started and what's the best approach. Because I can, I can give the example of someone who did the wrong thing. <laughs> I did not take the right approach. Uh, so, if you, so I will share that. Uh, it was a disaster because I, I remember... You had said, you know, start simple. Just, I think you said, like, get two discs. Yeah. I mean, would that be your recommendations for a new yeah. person playing? Just start with, a, what do you think, like a putter? Um, I think going out with a putter and a mid-range is okay. a great way to start and learn how to throw the disc. But um, doing a little bit of research before you head out so you kind of have an idea of what, how to hold the disc. Yeah. For instance, one of the, one of the keys... It's hard to convey here on the podcast, but one of the one of the keys to throwing the disc is getting it to spin. So when you grab the disc, you need to make sure you have the pads of your fingers underneath the rim. And okay. so when you throw the disc, the disc rips out of your hand and spins, and you can generate more spin if your fingers are underneath the rim. Okay. So when you're throwing drives, get your fingers underneath the rim, and when you're close by putting, it's more of a toss than a throw, and you don't want your fingers underneath the rim. Gotcha. If, if that makes that sense. That does make sense. Um, and I would recommend to people interested, to, there are pictures explaining this on a variety of websites that you know check out. Because um, that, I, I, that's the thing that I've been trying to figure out since I've started playing is just that whole spin. And some people, I don't know if this is the same thing, but uh, I saw it described on some channels uh, as like a whip effect or a snap action that they use their arm I, I don't know I haven't figured that out yet but yeah <laughs> I don't know is, there, is that would you describe it like that or kind of yeah I mean you don't really want to spin around and 
you you think you do, but and you're ultimately going to lose control when you do that. So I would say for new players, taking it easy and not throwing it as hard as you can mm-hmm. is going to yield some better results for you. Um, I write for Discmania. I write some content, and we have the Discmania Academy. So if you go to discmania.net. We've got a bunch of articles on there. Okay. Um, some of them are a little more in-depth. Some of them are more beginner-friendly, but that's a great resource. And you can also go to Discmania on YouTube. We've got a new video series that we just posted with uh, Simon Lazat uh, teaching how to play disc golf, and it's it's really good. It's cool. Well, well put together and uh, gives you some insights on how to be successful, uh, at least when you're beginning in disc golf. So starting off pick up a putter and a mid-range you said and maybe hold off on the the drivers at least for a little bit so you kind of get your get your bearings um, yeah that's i think that's the best way to go about it but in the same breath that's for the backhand throw there is yeah. the sidearm or forehand and generally that is the easier throw to pick up yeah. and throwing a driver sidearm is is pretty it's going to be a lot easier you're going to have some immediate success but long term it probably won't do you all that good but if you're just going out once every month or two chucking chucking the disc around then yeah it's, it's fine grab a driver and, and bomb away but um if you're looking to know where the disc is going to go or at least have a better idea i would say get that mid-range disc and for forehand backhand it will is there a direction you think a beginner should go or just go with whatever they feel is comfortable? Yeah, going with probably what's comfortable. Do a few throws each way. When we're talking backhand, uh, when you throw the disc, it's spinning one way. So for myself, throwing right-handed, the disc is going to naturally fade to the left. And so when I throw sidearm or forehand, the disc is going to fade to the right. Okay. So that's, that's a reason why you have th- those two different throws. Uh, so you can navigate, as you said, like around trees or through trees and, and finish in one, one direction uh, or another. Okay. You can definitely throw backhands and have them finish to the right, but that's a more skilled throw that I would say you don't ne- uh, beginners don't necessarily have or are able to do. How about the weight? Because that was, I saw like differing opinions when I was looking for information on that because the starter set, I started with a starter set. And it came with one of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, I don't know if I just read too much into it or what, but it, you know, I read one blog where like, oh, starter sets, they're just too light. And the next thing I know, I go out and throw, and I'm like, yeah, these are just too light. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that makes sense, but I have kind of gone to a little bit heavier discs. Is there, I don't know, Is what do you think there? Yeah, I think that lighter discs are going to be a little bit easier to pick up and throw a lot of the starter sets are in that 150 class that's 150 grams uh, where most pros are throwing discs that are like 170 to 180 grams Mm -hmm. i would say somewhere in between is probably a pretty good good place to be Uh, but there's nothing wrong with throwing lightweight plastic or midweight um, the heavier plastic is going to be um, a little bit more reliable, but when you're a beginner, that doesn't necessarily matter. That's more so yeah. for um, you know higher level play where that that, that matters more so than weight wise. Yeah, I think that's 
kind of where I eventually fell. You know, I started off with the starter set, like it was right, right around the 150. I think I got, I think I'm in, I'm using one that's like right around 165 or something like that, mm -hmm. maybe up to one, somewhere in there, but it feels comfortable. Yeah. I just like it. When I go back and try the uh, starter set, it does feel a little weird. Yeah, and honestly, the, the trend in disc golf right now that I'm seeing is, even from pros, a lot of them are starting to throw lighter plastic. Hmm. So instead of throwing a 175 gram driver, they're throwing upper 160s. So five to 10 grams lighter than they might normally. And um, seeing a lot of pros with, with a lot of this in that 160 range. And uh, that's, so there's nothing wrong with throwing that stuff. Um, sometimes the disc will perform better depending on what, what mold it is uh, in a lighter weight. Well, what about the Sunday? It was really windy. Yeah. Now, in that condition, would you say that maybe the lighter would be, the, or maybe the heavier would be the way to go just because of the wind, at least yeah. trying to throw into the wind, maybe? Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Uh, when, when the wind is up, the disc is going to be affected in heavy winds no matter what, but uh, a heavier disc will handle the wind a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, well, my, my brief story is I, uh, I started with the starter disc, started reading a lot of things, watching. I, I got into the trap, I think it's a trap, of wanting to throw so far, you know, trying to make every disc go farther than the next one. So I started buying bunches of different discs. I'd go to Street or Walmart, I'd see a cool graphic, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that one. And then I go out and I throw it, and the thing, I throw it, and it instantly curves, and I can't control it. To, to save my life and I'm like what this is and then I so then I go and I try to figure out well something's wrong with my form so I'm trying all different types of forms and I, I from where I started I feel like I regressed over the summer and I finally just settled in on a I felt like I'm more comfortable throwing forehand mm -hmm. forehand or uh, so I settled in on that and I I just take one step and throw super super simple yeah. uh, and I try and just very little and initially I was doing a big baseball throw like like yep. playing infield you know trying to turn a double play type thing and doing a big wide sidearm throw and uh, I got away from that and just simplified it just kind of more like a quick flick type yeah. thing and I seem like it's better I uh, I don't think I'm throwing any farther yeah. um, but it does seem better I don't know That's that was my experience it was like I did not listen to what you said the first time. I did not stick to two discs. I started buying all sorts of discs and questioning myself. And then eventually I got around to what you said. Cause I did, I settled in on a couple discs that seemed like I could throw them straight. Um, one that I just got, I, I posted it on Instagram, uh, the Discmania CD2. Oh yeah. Uh, it's nice. I feel like I got a lot of nice control with that. I can yep. throw it straight. That's a it's a great disc. So the CD2 is it's like a hybrid between a fairway driver and a distance driver. And it, honestly, I, more people should throw that that type of disc because it's they can go just as far as distance drivers, but they're easier to control. And the CD2 is actually one of my all-time favorite yeah. uh, discs. Well, you, don't you have your your own disc? Like it's the, it, I thought I saw is a slurry or something. Uh, so yeah, I have the swirly. Swirly, I'm yeah, sorry. The, that's all right. The plastic is swirly, so it's a, a Discmania CD2. Okay. And, uh, is there a difference between yours and then the standard CD2? So mine, it's just plastic and okay. then artwork. So mine is the, we named named it the Roaming Thunder. So this is the year two of it. So the Roaming Thunder two just came out. About a month or month and a half ago. Cool. 
Cool. Yeah. All right. So if you guys want a Roman Thunder, you can head to Dismania.net. Okay. Thank okay. you for all these plugs. <laughs> yeah, no problem. What do I owe you? No, nothing at all. No, I, uh, I at first it was the, I wrote it down, the C-Line, which mm-hmm. I had never, I wasn't used to that plastic. I was used to this, the the cheapest one they had at, yeah. at, at, at the Walmart there. So I, I was a little, that took a little bit getting used to that grip. Felt a little different, but now... I like it. It, it throws. I mean, not saying I, I know what I'm doing, but it does feel nice when I throw it. Yeah. One tip I can give everybody: most discs these days have what we call flight numbers on them. Oh yeah, I, want, I was hoping you'd we could okay. talk about and that. It's, yeah. It's generally in this order: speed, glide, turn, and fade. Okay. So that last num that last one, the last number is fade. You're gonna want to keep that somewhere around zero to maybe negative something those are going to be easier to throw okay. the higher the fade the the more uh, overstable the disc is that's kind of a technical term but basically the more reliable and it's going to want to go to the ground it's going to be harder to throw yeah um, so keeping it uh, a little bit more neutral is going to be good so that's speed glide turn fade and most discs have that listing on them so okay i would uh, look for neutral stuff neutral okay how about the first number the because i found that yeah that cd2 i think it was like mm-hmm. a nine yeah um which i had some other discs i had through that had a nine as that first number for whatever reason seemed like they worked well for me too what, what's that number uh, describe the speed so that's basically the the rim size where the high speed the big distance drivers have a, a sharp large rim those are 13 or 14 and uh, your typical fairway driver is a six or seven. Okay. So smaller, it's going to be a, the six and sevens are going to be a little bit smaller rim. Not small that it's uncomfortable, but just smaller in in regards to it. You just aren't you're not going to be able to get it to fly as fast, maybe or as long as a speed thirteen or fourteen disc. So the CD two and and others in that that are you know around speed nine are, are great because they. Uh, they have a, a little bit more speed than the fairway, and but are also that smaller rim, so it's easier to control. And, and the great thing about the CD2 is it, it's really forgiving. You can miss your angles a little bit, and you're not going to get punished as much as some other discs or like a high-speed driver where you have to be on. You have to throw at the right speed and the right angle to get it to perform, where the CD2, you can kind of, the window is bigger. Gotcha. Well, I know I've I've tried to throw those those higher number discs and it doesn't work for yeah. me. <laughs> it just hits the ground quickly. There's been a couple times where I did something and it actually flew right, but I haven't been able to reproduce it. So I just stick yeah. with those controlled drivers. It works nicer. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, uh, what was I gonna say? Well, that's good. I appreciate that because I, I hope that people listen and they they want to give it a shot. That kind of helps guide them a little bit, you know, just, and don't, I, my tip would be don't be bothered or don't let it bother you if you go to the course, because this just happened to me, uh, you go to the course and you see a group of guys who are insanely good, at least, and, and don't let it get you down because just have fun because that, that's what happened to me. I, I, went out, I went out and I would see guys throw in one shot what takes me two shots. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And, and it's just like, I stop. Just settle down and have fun. 
So yep, the old adage: play your game. Yeah, you know, and remember that you're you're just beginning, and some of those people you're seeing might have been playing for 10, 20 years. Right, right. It is impressive, though. I, I just to see. I don't know how they do it. I mean, are you guys? I mean, you know, the professionals. I mean, it's just amazing to see the distances you guys can throw it. it it's really cool. All right. Well, I. That's good. I so go out and get yourself a couple discs and try it out. That's a good recommendation. There's lots of places to go these days. I think. Um, no excuse not to try it out. Don't be afraid. My my for me, I I have to thank my my two oldest boys because I was a little bit nervous to go try it out, and then when we moved to that new house. Um, saw the course and I, my boys we were like uh you know let's try this out and then from then i just got kind of got obsessed which by the way i will have to give you a little bit of a guilt trip because originally when we set up uh when we started talking about this recording i, ga- I gave my uh, oldest boys the impression that you were coming to our house oh, so they're like and we've watched you know the, yeah. the youtube channels and we've gone out and played and they're like oh wow he's he's coming to our house what <laughs> so uh yeah well, maybe we can uh, catch around someday over over your way. Yeah, well, I'm, I would love to uh, get back to Bay. I've, I've only played it once, and uh, would, le- would like to play around with you. Give you maybe give you a few tips, and then I, see what your kids can do too. I well, the, the, this is actually the podcast is a, just a cover. That was really what I was getting at. I just wanted to get professional tips. <laughs> well, I bit, um, I bit hook, line, and sinker. Here I am. Yep, yep. Sorry, sorry. Um, oh, I forgot all about it. It's probably a good time to give a shout out to. Wow, we're cruising right along. Shout out! I forgot all about uh, our, our sponsors. Got to send a shout out to Bose Jigs and Tackle, the Riverfront Bar and Grill, and Stacy Mayer's Designs. Stacy can take any design you have, and koozies, t-shirts, stickers, you name it. If you have the de- uh, you have the design, she can crank it out for you, or she can make something new for you too. So give her a shout out. She's on Facebook, Stacy Mayer's Designs, um, Bows, Jigs, and Tackle. It's not too late to, you know, I know it's pretty bad out right now, weather-wise, but there might still be a few nice days. Uh, so who knows? Bows, Jigs, and Tackle will give you better an edge when you're catching a fish and then uh riverfront bar and grill follow them on facebook they are posting tons of pictures this is the uh formerly known as waterfront uh bar and grill down on water street in peru it is now the riverfront bar and grill and it looks cool it's like classic sports uh bar it looks really cool so check them out too i'm hoping i know we talked on our last show about doing a like a recording there so kind of hoping that happens uh but yeah bows jigs and tackle riverfront bar and grill and stacy mayer's designs and i did want to send a shout out i always like to send a shout out to other local independent podcasts and radio personalities hard rock radio network retro arcade my worst holiday spark of hope podcast talking twitch drunken cousins audio out sessions and the lp lunch club um we didn't even talk about where we are right now you know the we are recording at the pine hills golf club in ottawa and so why are we here dana uh, what's going on here this past couple weekends yeah so <clears throat> i'm out here today working on getting the course set up so there's a temporary disc golf course right now at pine hills and this is something that we've been doing since the pike family took over pine hills i think nine years ago yeah i've been coming out and setting up disc golf baskets in the fall and we leave them up through the winter into the spring and generally 
run a, a few tournaments. And this weekend is the annual Illinois State Doubles Disc Golf Championship. So wow. you come and basically play a scramble with a partner. It's a fun event. It's sold out, which I'm, I'm happy for. makes things easier, but yeah not making things easy is the weather correct it's so it is we are recording this on what is it the 30th of october and we got our first taste of snow for the year Uh, and it's a nasty wet icy snow and more snow to come possibly the next on halloween um but possibly i mean it's going to be cold but i think you might be dry at least this sunday so at least you have that going so i was going to ask you about that though for winter conditions are you allowed to wear gloves when you're throwing or like any type of a glove like i was thinking like a a football receiver's glove like might be helpful yeah you you definitely can most players do not okay there is a a glove i believe it's called friction they're mostly i think used for ultimate frisbee Mm. but they are they are doing some marketing and pushing uh, disc golfers to use it I personally have never thrown with a glove, even uh, in negative 20 when I used to play in really cold conditions. Disc golf is a, a year-round sport for everyone out there thinking uh, it's one of those uh, things you do on a sunny day and yeah. it's 70 out. No, we're, we're playing all winter. If, uh, if you can remember the huge blizzard we had about four years ago, we five years ago. It was actually the same day we had uh, our annual ice bowl tournament out here at Pine Hill. So there's just <laughs> a couple feet of snow, and we still had a ton of people show up. It was <laughs> it was a blast. But usually, once you uh, get moving and and throwing and the blood flowing, your throwing hand uh, is is okay as in regards to staying warm. Okay. Uh, and putting a glove, I usually actually use a mitten and uh, throw a few hand warmers in it. And so then when, my, when I'm not throwing, I, I put my throwing hand in, uh, in this big mitten that has hand warmers if it's really cold. Okay. And just and take it out and throw. Because a lot of disc, it's, a, it's about feel. And uh, even though it's cold, I still want to have that connection with the disc when I, when I throw it. Is there a certain plastic that you should use in the colder weather? Uh, that's a good question. I would say the s-line or star which is kind of like it's a higher uh higher end premium plastic okay generally it's opaque but it it has pretty good grip and and a lot of conditions and then there's there's some baseline plastics the softer ones are are really good in the winter um because a lot of the harder plastic gets super hard when it's when it's cold out and this can actually break when they hit trees or when they hit the basket so using a softer plastic baseline plastic is is a good can be a good thing in the winter and that helps with with the grip as well but okay i would say going like a star line, star or s line um or that if we're talking basic uh plastic using softer basic okay i have to bring this up because follow you on instagram and you posted pictures from the joliet prison What's that? As I put it on the notes here, WTF. Yeah. <laughs> There's a disc golf at the prison? WTF is right. <laughs> so last year, Delwood Disc Golf and Mark Grabovoy um, announced that they were doing a pop-up disc golf tournament in the old Joliet prison and in and around the Joliet on the grounds. Yeah. And uh, Mark, who was a disc golfer, is on the 
Joliet Historical Society, I believe, and they pitched the idea and they're trying to get the fix the prison up like that the grounds up and they're doing a lot of like tourism type stuff sure and uh disc golf fit the bill and so they announced that they're doing this event one day event and they're doing you play one round there's three tee times like nine twelve and three and the event sold out sold out in like 10 minutes wow so that's 72 times three players so the extremely successful ton of fun like walking around the, the old prison yards and the old buildings i think the the first buildings were built in like the mid 18 mid 1800s so there's oh, wow. some really old ones there they're super unique yeah. like really cool a lot of fun this year year two they again sold out in less than 15 minutes and that was with adding an extra day and more tea times wow um and i could tell you from last year to this year like the the grounds have been cleaned up there was a lot of growth like trees and brush and poison ivy and all all types of stuff just growing because of you know it just been overrun and nothing was going on there but they've been uh, like i said making a push to do a lot more things there like they're having you know wine nights and like <laughs> tours and like <laughs> lock-ins like all kinds of different things on on the grounds and it's yeah i think so yeah but anyways, the disc golf, it was so much fun. Like, it's, it's just fun disc golf, mostly short holes. It's not, you're not going for the challenge, you're going for the experience. But right. food trucks, they had beer vendors, like Elder Brewing, which is a, there's a local disc golfer. He's the brewer there and oh, owner. Neat. And then uh, uh, Pollyanna was there as well. Yeah, Mark and uh, Sean and Del, the Delwood crew. They put on a heck of an event. It was a ton of fun. And uh, you could probably go out on YouTube and Google it, but there was a, a disc golf video that was made, a pretty good video from oh, okay. from Dynamic Discs. And then uh, Lauren Lakeberg, who's a photographer, she's got uh, some great albums up, some really interesting stuff, but a unique, fun experience, unlike uh, most disc golf experiences. That's for sure. Well, I think you posted some videos I believe it was your wife playing. Yeah, she's, my wife plays. Does she too. compete? Because she's really good. She, she's uh she's good. She has she does compete. Um, we're we're actually playing in uh, this Saturday, November. My my good friend Mike Fierke runs an annual November tournament, and Ashley, my wife, and I are, are partners. Oh, cool. Event. So looking forward to that. But she used to before kids. She used to play tournaments and all that. Right now, this I'd say this last year, she's gotten into going back to disc golf leagues. So like the weekly Joliet, J-Town disc golf leagues. She actually played in it more than I did, but she's she is good. Yeah, I posted a clip of her uh, throwing a really good drive and then hitting a big putt. Yeah, um, I was impressed. Yeah. But she's she's athletic, so she's, you know, and she's played a lot over, over the years, even though these last few years with kids and, you know, we haven't gotten out as much, but we've got baskets in our backyard and we got a big backyard we play catch a lot or putt around while the kids are playing in the backyard so discs are while we're not playing a lot the discs are never too far away well i uh you mentioned like a a group uh and and that made me think of um there is a local group i think it's i wrote it's the illinois valley flight club so you know if you're getting started and you want to kind of mingle and find out when other people in the area are playing uh, go on Facebook and check out the Illinois Valley Flight Club. I yeah, I joined that group and I haven't like 
the most of the guys, my problem is I'm lucky if I can even get out. So it's kind of like one of those things that if I can sneak out and go play, uh, I do, um, or I do at lunch. So to go mm-hmm. play in like an organized event doesn't yeah. just, it's hard to do, but, uh, I know there's a, there's a lot of people in that group. Uh, I think there's over 250 members of that Facebook group and okay. they seem like they're constantly organizing, um, get togethers, tournaments and local just there's a okay so i'm gonna sound stupid here so if there is any i was gonna post this on their page uh so i apologize if i sound stupid but are you familiar with like the tags yeah tournament what is that because okay so at the expense of sounding dumb no no it's a good <laughs> question so uh you're talking bag tags and essentially that club or many disc golf clubs they issue uh, a bag tag which is a num a, a number that you hang on your bag it could be like a there's all kinds of them, like little bottle openers that have a number on them or just like little leather. And basically it's, you challenge each other and you want okay. the, the lowest tag. You want the number one tag. Oh, cool. So um, it's just another way to kind of get people out and play uh, and, and be, com- you know, be competitive with it if, you, if that's what you're looking for to get out of disc golf. So you go with a group and you play and then by the end of it, whoever has the better score, you have to exchange tags type yep. thing? Yep. So yeah, like... If they have leagues, generally people everyone will throw their tag in, or you could post on you know their Facebook group page and say, "Hey, I got the six tag. Does anyone want to play for it? Or oh, who's neat. got the one tag? I'm calling you out. Yeah. meet me at meet me at Baker Lake. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> cool. Okay, I was wondering. I've been wondering what that was about, and so um, thank you. Yeah, That's great. yeah. And then uh, another great local place to go is the IVCC uh, group, okay. West Black. Who's a who teaches out at IV? They've got a they do a league. I don't I don't think it's probably running right now. Most leagues aren't, just because of the darkness. But they uh, they have a pretty pretty active league during the year. And okay, uh, there's there's always a lot of uh, a lot of beginners, and it's it's a very welcoming group. Uh, and do you people. have to be a current student that you know of nope. to do that? Nope. Okay. Nope. So I the was... course at IVCC is uh, over by the baseball field. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a. I guess if I had to, I could say I was an alumni, IVCC oh. alumni. So I got that going yeah. for me. So, but <laughs> they sound welcoming. So yeah, I've been wanting to try that. I've never been over there, even all. That's one. That one's been near probably the longest, uh, maybe yeah. one of the longest. And that man, you sh- you should see the before pictures to the the after. It was just an overgrown mess, and basically Dan Nagel and uh, Wes Black attacked that place and cleaned it up, and it it looks like a beautiful park now cool. um, after all these years of maintaining it and, and all that so it is a it's nice for for those ivcc students and, and locals that are able to get out there nice well i uh i think we've covered all the disc golf topics we wanted to talk about unless there's something else you'd want to plug um i don't know Disc golf related. We can open it up to whatever we want to talk about now, now that we've got that out of the way. Uh, yeah, I would just say um, for those those of you looking to get into disc golf, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Okay. You can uh, find me on Instagram or Twitter at Dana Disc Golf. That's D-A-N-A-D-I-S-C-G-O-L-F. Or hit me up on Facebook as well. If you're looking to find that first disc or you just want to try it I'll, i'm happy to loan discs out i i do live over in manuka now so i'm not uh not in LaSalle county anymore but i am happy to uh give discs away or um 
try to teach you how to play if I have the time. Okay. So please, Great. please reach out to me. Thank you. Great. Okay. Well, um, you had a chance to scan through the doc. Is there anything that I, I know you, you mentioned before the show, uh, I know your wife said you, you mentioned your wife was into podcasts. Mm-hmm. Usually something I like to do on the show is talk about what we're listening to type thing. We didn't do it the last episode. Did you personally listen to anything or is there anything that you've been so I've lately historically I was a big sports radio person for a long time yeah um, but I was a big 670 guy uh, yeah same 670 here. fans but after the shakeup a few years ago with Spiegel and Goff leaving and I kind of uh, checked out and I've kind of mm-hmm. checked out of sports I just don't with kids and I don't know. I really like those radio personalities that were going, and um, so I haven't been listening to a lot of sports, but I've transitioned over to NPR. So I listen to mm-hmm. a lot of NPR, and so a lot of their shows that they have. But podcast-wise, in the in our house, my wife is the big podcaster. Okay, she's she's into a lot of the murder podcasts. Uh, her favorite is my favorite murder. Okay, um, so I while I don't directly listen to it, I listen to it quite a bit because when she's yeah cleaning or getting ready for school in the morning or what she usually has a podcast on so i'm i'm up and about listening to those and and there are a lot of those now probably the most explosive genre of podcast was is the mystery murder all that yeah that type of show yeah it's it's interesting stuff um we actually went to a, a live show last year and up in milwaukee went to see my favorite murder live that would be and fun. that was uh that was an experience. <laughs> I bet. Um, they call, I think the term for me is a tag along or a drag along. My wife's friend that was supposed to go with her couldn't, ended up not being able to go. So she dragged me along. So a lot of, you could kind of pick out in the crowd all the mostly husbands that were kind of ah. pulled along. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. They're, they're very good at what they do and they've built quite a, quite a following. I bet. I mean, it's amazing what some shows get for downloads. It's staggering. I mean, I was telling you before the show. I mean, even this little, this little, small town podcast has gotten quite a few over the years. So that's why yeah. I kind of want to get it going again. Yeah, and then I actually do uh, every Tuesday. I'm on Smashbox. Oh yeah, I, saw, I read that on the your bio on the Discmania site. Yeah. What is that? So that's uh, it's a every Tuesday night. A live podcast on we do live on YouTube okay and uh, I generally it's with uh, Terry Miller the disc golf guy and Johnny V there uh, they do live disc golf broadcast but then they also do the podcast I come on usually I'm the first person on and I talk about the last week's results or any other hot topic items in the sport of disc golf and cool. then usually uh, we'll have a, a will i say will but they'll have a guest on following me that won the previous weekend or is in the disc golf news for whatever reason so but it's a lot of and fun when you say won the previous weekend what would that be the the pg what's the name for the uh pdga PG, okay thank yeah, you. yeah so like pdga stands for professional disc golf association gotcha okay which is just the governing body for disc golf but like whoever won the big tour event is generally on that following week so it's a it's a lot of fun it's really interactive it's like you get the youtube comments but it goes out to all the all the different places stitcher and yeah blah, 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 all those of course things right um and i say um so i gotta tell you last 
was it last week or the week before I got a message request on Instagram hey I was watching Smashbox watching you on Smashbox and you say um and uh a lot I'm just letting you know that it's almost un- unlistenable. Oh, so, man. So now, this last week I was on and I was <laughs> swearing every time I, in my head, every time I said, yeah. um, or, uh. But so then. when we originally did, before we got this fancy gear, uh, we would, I'm doing it too. Um, <laughs> we did everything through Skype. Mm-hmm. You know, like our first call was, I believe it was a Skype call. I had a recorder for that. Worked out nice, but it was a challenge because Clayton and I, you know, there's no, visual cues Mm -hmm. so luckily we got pretty good at just picking up on each other's audio we kind of knew when to jump in but if we had a guest on it was always a challenge especially for the guests because when to jump in and and when to respond and there was a ton of that so i would go through and edit out every one and holy cow did that take a lot of time so it seems like and i still do it constantly too and it's i can't help it but doing it live i feel like this does take away some of that. It makes it a little more natural. Mm-hmm. So that's it's 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 made my life with the editing side of things a little easier. So that's nice. But yeah, it's but you can do that. You can go through and you can almost recognize them when you're looking at the sound wave of a mm-hmm. podcast. You can see these little marks and oh yeah, that must be an ohm. So just cut, <laughs> trim, cut. <laughs> so yeah, I'm working on working on all uh, working that out here in my head. So now every time I say it, whether it's with my wife or on the phone or on a podcast, I'm getting uh, making mental notes, trying to right. trying to get better, so I don't disappoint this random person on <laughs> yeah, a random person who had to reach out. Nice. They, they you, didn't you, reach out. You ruined my life. <laughs> they didn't reach out to you to say, "Hey, I really enjoyed you, that episode." It's always the person who no, I'm, hated I, it. I am glad. I'm glad they told me because I I don't want to be. Uh, annoying to listen to because you, you know when you're listening to a podcast you do pick up on those words that people repeat and uh, well, I, I my experience is uh, we don't get a lot of feedback in general I know people are listening because I can see there's downloads but there's not a lot of interaction through social media and things mm-hmm. like that so I'll take negative if yeah. that's what it's got to be at least I know they listened exactly <laughs> Um, they, now, now I'm going to be every time I do it I'm going to be thinking about <laughs> I it I gotcha yeah thanks a lot <laughs> Uh, we, so do, I know you had said from back in our previous talk mm-hmm. that you played baseball, and that's kind of how you discovered disc golf. So yeah. do you have, who's your team right now? Are you following the World Series? You know what? Uh, as I said earlier, I kind of checked out yeah. of, of following sports. Um, I, I am a big, you know, Illinois, Chicago sports fan. But right now, baseball kind of, Kind of not really interested. Um, yeah. The Bulls, I like the Bulls, but I hate Gar Packs, so I'm I'm not really following them at the moment. Yeah, I'd really like they, to see that change. <clears throat> they upset me. <laughs> I was really into the Bulls for a while, and just yeah, kind of. Well, growing up, we we yeah, all right, we had the heyday. Yeah, we we are lucky. I wish I just wish my kids could experience what we experienced when we were young. It, it's yeah, it was you fun. Just can't capture it. it. It was fun for a few years there, and, and then just, I don't know, I feel like Garpacks made way too many missteps, and just... They're so conservative, yeah, or when they... And the coaching, like Fred, like that was that that was the last straw for me, Fred, Fred Hoiberg and, mm-hmm. and all that. So I, I kind of checked out of that, and then 
you know, with football being on Sundays, I'm always trying to play disc golf. Or yeah, now I've got kids, so I'm not so much time for for sports. Right. Uh, and then obviously disc. I'm very into disc golf, so I'm I'm tuned into everything disc golf, and that's kind of uh, engulfed a lot of my free time where I would n- maybe normally follow. You know, I uh, Cubs socks. Right, holes. Cubs. Although I'm, I was disappointed to see Joe Madden leaving, but I yeah. guess whatever money, you know. Yeah. I'm just a little concerned with uh, Ross, right? Yeah. Who's taking over? Yep. Uh, Ross. Uh, he, I, you know, he's kind of as a result of the World Series, he became kind of like a folk legend mm-hmm. with everything that happened uh, with him, and now I'm worried that could be tarnished. You know, I know at one point they had said, you know, Ryan Sandberg could maybe take over the management position yeah. once upon a time and I thought oh he's such a Cubs legend I don't want to see it tarnished mm-hmm. by you know a bad team that he had to manage or something like that so I just hope that's not what happens uh, I, I'm excited sort of but fearful that his legacy as a as a Cubs player could be tarnished a little bit but what we'll see yeah these days I'm honestly more interested in the White Sox I've kind of yeah I'm I'm making I've, I've always been a fan of both but Cubs uh We'll say for some political reasons, I'm I'm leaning more towards the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you guys can maybe put two and two together. I don't know. <laughs> well, I uh, ever since we we moved, I, I cut the cord, so mm-hmm. I don't even have live sports anymore. I just so my sporting, you know, TV is like for football, for example. Actually, mm-hmm. it's kind of worked out nice. We don't watch the games anymore unless I go to somebody's house like in, uh, the in-laws or my parents to watch mm-hmm. the Bears game. Uh, but YouTube, you can go on there and watch a nice 15-minute recap of the whole game, all the highlights. So that's what we do. We kind of go oh, through nice. and just watch the and same with baseball. They do the same thing. So I, th- I assume they do the same thing with basketball as well. So it's, it's a nice way to kind of at least sort of keep up with things but mm-hmm. not have to sit there for three hours and watch a full game. Kind of like the post-produced disc golf. Um, instead sure. of watching the, the live, you know, sitting for three, four hours watching the live, you can wait the next day and, you know, watch it on Jomez or Central Coast or whatever. Right. That condensed version. I like it. So traditional sports are following in uh, disc golf's footsteps. They are. And I never thought that I would be, I used to make fun of, you know, like, like my kids would want to watch YouTube. I'm like, I don't, why do you want to watch this stuff? Well, that was mainly like them wanting to watch the whole video game thing oh, where they yeah. watch other people play video games yeah. and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, so YouTube in general is just like, why do you want to watch YouTube? And now I'm at, no, that's become one of my primary viewing things, but mm-hmm. I still don't totally get that. I'd rather play the game sure. than watch somebody play the game. Unless they're so hilarious that it's, it's that entertaining, which there are some guys out there, guys and girls who do those shows who are fun to watch, but I'd rather play the game but that's another thing I have seem to have very little, little time to do as well. Yeah, I get out of practice. I like the like the Call of Duty first person shooter type games, and if you're not playing regularly, you will get destroyed if you try to go online and play against some of those people. I think I I don't know if this was on the podcast we talked about it, but I actually had a guy tell me I should take back my copy of uh, of Call of Duty um, Black Ops. He's like. Because my name on there is Strategy, and I just remember, Strategy, you need to take back your copy of this game. You suck. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Thanks, dude. It's probably Mute. Eight, it's probably an eight-year-old. 
Yeah, no, he was, he was, old. Okay. actually that seems like that's changed. I, I think all the young kids, they've moved to Fortnite. Oh, okay. So like the games that I was playing, it is, does seem okay. to be older people. So that's sort of nice. Yeah. And, and they, they seem to um, moderate a lot of the trash, like the really bad trash talking. Okay. I watched, there's a YouTube video, somebody posted on like Twitter. It was like a, a lobby room of like modern warfare from back 10 years ago. And holy cow, is it bad? Like the trash level of trash talking that was going on. I mean, I don't think they allow that anymore. There's ways to report people now, but holy cow, things have changed in a lot of ways. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to talk sports at all. They oh, I didn't mention it. Um, we talked about podcasts. Mm -hmm. Two, I wanted to throw shout outs to because Dan Carlin's Hardcore History it's one of the it's a phenomenal show okay uh, it, it, they're super long though so I mean, you definitely have to have a project like an afternoon project to work on if you're going to listen to one of his shows and he just finally re- and I only bring this up because it's a big deal because he hardly ever re- releases a show because he puts so much time into him this is a five hour oh, wow. podcast all about it's the third and I believe final podcast with relation to Japan's rise leading up to World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, the other ones are really good. If you're a history buff, I would definitely recommend Hardcore History there. They're very graphic. He, he tries to paint a picture of what it was like to be in that environment. Like the one on World War I is good mm-hmm. at that. He tries to paint the picture of what it was like in the trenches in a way that nobody else you don't normally hear you certainly don't learn in school the way that he talks about it so that's a big one that just came out but again make sure you have a big project before you start that one because that's a five hour episode the other one that's coming is called this is relatively new it's called Mobituaries Mo Rocca used to be a correspondent on the Daily Show back in the day way back in the day I mean actually when I was going to U of I which was around 2003, he came and did like a comedy speech at one of the auditoriums. And he was hilarious back then. And that was when he was on The Daily Show. Mm. And he came out with a new show called Mobituaries. He had the first season, I think it was last year, kind of when we, we took our one of our hiatuses. Mm-hmm. It's all about, he's just trying to talk about people within history who we would recognize, but maybe forgotten. But they're dead. They have to be dead. I think that's part of the, 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 the element there. But it's interesting. He's, he's, he talks about lots of random people you'd never heard of, mm. and he's coming back. So that's a good one. I just, that's just to throw that out to people if you're looking for something new. Uh, mobituaries. But, oh, and um, I did go to Dreamwave. We talked about it last week, and it was a really good show. I had my first taste of what it feels like to have a viral moment. Mm. I call it small-town viral. Oh yeah, I so there's a I don't know if you follow the WWE at all, but there's a guy named Ali. Okay. He used to regularly wrestle in LaSalle at these Dreamwave events. He was just a regular independent wrestler making the rounds in mm-hmm. Illinois, and he was always like really good. You could always tell he was a little bit better than everybody else. Yeah. Well, in the last they they stopped doing wrestling shows about three years ago, I think. And in that three years, he got into the WWE and like skyrocketed to fame. I mean, he's kind of a big deal now. Uh-huh. So they just did a show last weekend, 
and he just he showed up and everybody went crazy because who nobody would have expected this guy mm-hmm. who has risen to you know title contention in the WWE to just come back to LaSalle for this 500 seater independent show he shows up and just kind of makes an appearance it was and I took a picture mm-hmm. and posted it on Instagram and and Twitter and he took that picture and reposted it with oh. credit to me holy shit it got like 15,000 likes. Oh, I mean, I don't normally... 15,000? 15,000. Not 1,500. No, no. I, I don't normally follow likes, unless it's like podcast related. Sure. You know, I like to see if people repost and like yeah. podcast stuff. Which, by the way, people, this is a free podcast. So, at the very least, if you can, a like, share, iTunes review, something like that. Highly, you know, thank you really would appreciate it because you know when we're trying to show sponsors that people actually do listen to this show that can help so please you know give us a like a share whatever so i do follow those for the podcast but not normally for my own accounts Mm -hmm. i just post a picture of kids and don't think about it but this was different this was like i'm watching this happen i'm like what is going on (laughs) this is crazy i'm not lying i mean i don't know what it's last up to but it really it was that many pictures now it's not like i got it wasn't really me directly that they were sure but it's still it was my picture and he put my, yeah, yeah. my name in there and i'm like wow it was kind of exciting <laughs> to be that a part of that that's wild yeah it, you know you'd see uh viral things and a lot of times it's a negative thing well i was, so, I was just about to say it. this is a good way to dip into viral yeah well and not have your name ruined <laughs> exactly yeah well it's so often you know go on twitter and there's just so much negativity oh it's 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 bad. So it's nice to see there are still some positive, yeah. happy avenues out there on social media. So yes. So thank you to Ali for reposting that in Dreamwave. That was that was really cool. Uh, uh, I did want to mention one other news story that was a local one. There's a couple news stories that popped up recently, but there was one, and I probably should wait for Clayton. But I had to mention it anyway, just because it's it was kind of cool. This was October 22nd in the News Tribune. They did a story about, uh, who did it? I always like to give credit. I have the paper here somewhere. Let me see. Brief radio pause. This was in the... Craig Starrett, news editor for the Tribune. $100,000 nature project. So we did a show way back. This was episode six October 27, 2010, we did a show about the Hennepin Hopper Lakes mm-hmm. in, in Hennepin. This is just, it's a natural, like, it's become like a wildlife refuge now because it used to be this area where they dumped farm, like the, the runoff mm-hmm. from farmland. They would dump water into this area. Well, as part of like this cleanup effort, they cut off the dumping mm-hmm. and allowed it to become a natural kind of backwater of the river, oh. the Illinois River. And it's just, as a result, flourished with life and animals and birds and and, and all different types of foilage. Mm-hmm. And so they've really built it up. And it's it's you can go out there and you can hike. They've got a really cool lookout tower. And they just got this announcement that there's going to be another $100,000 uh, grant or, or something that's being awarded to do even more further work there. Oh, so wow. Like, wow. Nice. Like, you don't hear, like, there's another like, really positive 
yeah. thing. I mean, we talk a lot about Star Rock on this show, and that's that's like a lesser known spot, kind of in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. So if anybody's ever driving around, it's kind of it's pretty to drive over there because you're just out in the middle of nowhere, driving in farmland, and then you hit this wooded area, and then here here's this Hennepin Hopper Lakes. And if you're into bird watching, that, that that's the place to go. Oh, I think. really? So yeah. I had to bring that up. I thought that was kind of cool. Hennepin just, Hopper. Hennepin Hopper Lakes. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll put a disc golf course in there. That's okay. I, That's you know, <laughs> disc golf isn't for, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I love disc golf and I love more, you know, more courses and doing more courses, but I, I don't, you know, there's other, there's room for other recreation. Absolutely. Especially passive recreation like it sounds like it is out at hennepin hopper well this is kind of cool too because it's just a it's allowing the natural process Mm -hmm. of of this area because it's it's it acts like a sponge Mm -hmm. i mean if you're interested that's actually one of our one of our first decent episodes when we did that episode that was episode six where we we explained how it works it's it acts like a sponge Mm -hmm. and it helps uh you know get all the contaminants out of the water that leach down through um it's it's a cool it's a cool idea, and it's just allowing nature to do its job. So, All right, yeah, Hennepin Hopper Lakes. Maybe that's my ride. My ride back to Manuka will be episode six. Okay, yeah. Got check it out. I'm interested. Check it out. I, unless they, you know, unless you had something else you want to jump on, uh, we probably could close it out from there. Yeah, I think uh, I think we covered a, a lot of stuff. Obviously, very disc golf heavy, and I'm very thankful for for you having me on and i wish wish clayton could have been here uh, i know you guys would have been nice to see him uh catch guess, up from your isu days yeah i uh, man it's that's been a minute yeah you got that right it's been a minute but i i still this is crazy it's a little uh just the other night and this is a repeated problem i have that that was how long ago you know isu i went to u of i, I mean, that was for me you know, 2003 so I mean it's been a while mm-hmm. and I still to this day have repeated dreams of being late for an exam I, it's crazy I, it, I, I'm a grown adult I got a job now I've had, you know, been working for all this time got kids and I'm still having dreams that I'm late for a test and I wake up nervous wreck thinking I really am going to be late and then I realize oh wait a second Thank goodness I don't have to do that because I never know what I have any preparation, but I know I need to get there for that test. It's just a Oof. problem. I don't know why I keep having that. It's it's a problem. If anybody knows anything about dreams and what they mean, <laughs> I'd appreciate understanding why I keep having this dream. <laughs> Weird. Sorry. Weird little uh, diverging moment there. But uh, okay, we can. Uh, I did want to mention again. I, I I didn't follow my normal thing where I mentioned sponsors at the beginning, we just kind of got going there. So one more time, Bo's Jigs and Tackle. They, it's a, you know, Dan is a guy from Peru. He makes these custom jigs and tackle. And from what I'm told, they're very effective. Uh, again, the Riverfront Bar and Grill is gonna be a new place in Peru down on Water Street. Looks awesome. I didn't mention it, uh, but uh, Austin Plock, who is a local artist, same local artist who got commissioned to paint a painting of for Javi Baez from the Cubs, mm. he got commissioned to paint a picture of Javi Baez with Joe Madden. So I mean, this wow. he does really good work, and he's painting a mural 
in that bar. Oh, cool. Uh, I, I, I can't disclose what it is, um, and they're not disclosing any pictures of it yet, but it's going to be, Ooh. I think they want people to go yeah. and check it out. So it's coming. That place is coming, and I think in possibly late November, early December, they're going to open up the bar. So, uh, yeah, Riverfront Bar and Grill, and then Stacy Mayer's Designs. She's a cricket design specialist, if you know what a cricket device is. Those are very handy. So thanks to them for sponsoring the show, and I guess that's about it. Dana, thank you very much for doing this. This was really cool. I didn't even know if this was going to happen. Last night, I, 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 my wife and I were rummaging through my entire house trying to find this stinking iPad. I thought my four-year-old hit it on me. It turned out I hit it on my four-year-old. Uh, I found it. I, I, it was, I hit it up on the fridge because he was trying to do it, and, or, you know, mess with it, and I had it. I use this for you know podcasting and stuff, although it's got a lot of games on it too. That's my fault. So he's trying to play games and I'm hiding it from him. And next thing I know here, it's the night before this podcast and uh, I couldn't find it. So I was a little worried this wasn't gonna work out so well and I was gonna have to go MacGyver, come up with a, a different way to record. So uh, that worked out. So Well, I'm, I'm glad it worked out and glad the, the weather allowed us to get together. We didn't have to worry about snow and driving around. And- right poor conditions but thank you again um, and then for everyone out there if you're interested in disc golf or maybe getting a disc golf course in your town uh, you can reach out to me you can go to discgolfpark.com my information is there or discmania.net those are uh, two ways you can find me or on social media at Dana Disc Golf perfect sounds good thank you so much John I appreciate it go is there like a phrase for like go disking or is there a catchy phrase people use what George say George Costanza froth Jerry froth Jerry (laughs) perfect yep adios everybody